This episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by PWCC. PWCC is currently running an unlimited free vault promo, which is running through July 31st through the end of the National. The vault is 100% free for all graded cards valued at over $50. There's no ingestion costs, no storage fees, and unlimited submissions. Just enter the promo code VAULT, V-A-U-L-T, when creating your submission to apply the promo. All right, Luca Nation, welcome back to episode 733 of Lucas Tigers and Bronzo Mai. We're recording this a little bit early, so maybe we'll uh, we'll even get it up a little early with kind of, what are we here, Saturday, July 9th. We have 18 days till national, and we're talking about the PWCC weekly auctions, a little strategy, should you be buying, have inventory for national, should you be selling, have cash for national? Should you be looking at strategic buys like uh, perhaps Baker Mayfield for National? <laughs> what are your thoughts? What inventory are you bringing to National? How would you be attacking it if you were a dealer? And how would you be attacking it if you were a buyer? It's funny. I mean, the PWCC weekly auction does a very good job of telling you about the trends. I can't believe we've been doing this for three months, the full three months now done uh 12 or 13 episodes in and what's funny is and if you click on i would agree with that um, if you i actually you, you're endearing you grow on me more and with each no, episode like you more so i'll tell you your habits in the weekly auction have changed during those three months significantly and when i say you can learn from it whether you're buying selling or or doing nothing there is, as you've learned with your experience and whatnot, a lot to be learned from just the, you know, the data that's out there if you look at it. Everything from what's selling, what's not selling, to what's being talked about in the chats. And I did a fun thing with the PWCC auction. Um, right, I, I, what'd you say? You had some fun with the PWCC week. Yeah, so, so okay. in the sort functions, what I did was I clicked highest, you know, yep. sort by highest, and then power buyer, right? Okay. And we talk about this usually at the end, but the power buyer function is... You know, cards that are uh, currently bid and are uh, there's a discrepancy between what the bid is on the card and what it's being appraised at by PWCC. So basically, bargains, bargain cards. Would it surprise you? And now think about these names, right? If you were to do what I just said, sort the highest price, but power buyers. So these are the, the high price cards, use it however you want, that are um, currently below appraisal value. You ready for these names? Ready. LeBron, Michael Jordan, Charizard, Tom Brady. See what it is? LeBron, Jordan, Brady, Charizard. Isn't that, isn't that an interesting thing? Aren't those the guys that flew last year? Aren't those the guys that everybody was searching for last year? And now, all of a sudden, they seem to be the ones that are, um, they're quote-unquote undervalued. I look at this and say everything's cyclical, and these are the goats, right? I mean, you don't get more goaty than LeBron, Jordan, Brady, and Charizard, if you want to throw them in there. <laughs> eventually, eventually, these are the ones that will probably cycle back into when the market does fix, when the market does correct, when the market starts moving back up. These are the cards that people will be looking for. And, you know, there's a bunch of stories to be told here. If you look at the Jordan one, by comparison – 
Now let's take it outside of Power Buyer, right? So that Jordan that we're looking at here now is the Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer Basketball PSA 9 currently bid at $13,000, right? Plus buyer's premium. I know it's an auction, but if you were to click off Power Buyer, I want you to take a guess what the number one most expensive card, the highest bid card is. Before looking, who, who, who do you think it is? Charles Barkley. No, 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 Andre Iguodala. It's Michael Jordan. So now take Power Buyer off, and the top bid card right now is Michael Jordan, but it's the Michael Jordan star rookie. So, guys, mm-hmm. what's, what's there to learn here? We can have a conversation, that, but I don't actually want to get into, you know, using our episode time here of the discussion of star versus, versus Fleer because we've done it, and everyone's done it. And the fact that it is what's being talked about this week is the exact reason why this card is sitting at $18,000. When the nine... FOMO drives the market. People are talking about it. People are worried they're going to miss out on the star becoming the next rookie. And now there's more demand for that one and people aren't paying attention to the true rookie. Or how do you you interpret it? I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And I think more importantly, what's funny is the narrative-driven part of our hobby is we should all be looking for the things that are rare because they're rare, right? Scarce because they're scarce, right? Not things that are, we'll get to that card in a second. It's gorgeous. I apologize. Um, It's okay. But let's move away from Jordan. Let's go right to Hank Aaron. You want to go to Hank Aaron? No, I I do do think it's valuable (laughs) to talk about the star versus the Fleer because you own that star card, right? I did. I did. Um, Are you willing to share how much you sold it for? Sure, of course. It's not... um, not to you know to get too crazy, but yeah, I mean, I think the problem, of course, is this, right? When we talk about the star card, is everyone says buy rare, buy scarce, buy rare, buy cards that are rare, not rare because of the grade, all right? Well, this week, that star card is being brought into focus, right? Nat Turner posted about ones that were graded even before the PSA was grading. Somehow, I mean, you can figure out how what this means. He posted pictures of recently graded star cards even before they started grading star cards. I guess it's sort of like Willy Wonka getting the chocolate before it gets released to the public. I don't know exactly how it works, um, but there were star cards published on Twitter, this Jordan card in, in a PSA slab that was recently slabbed before they actually started. Anyway, so this card is not rare. Let's just throw it right on the table, right? It's rarer than the 86 Fleer, sure, but it is not a rare card. And the proof is in the pudding there. Just open up Instagram today open up Twitter, and everyone's posting one. Probstein's posting his. They're on eBay. Here it is in the weekly auction. There's probably one in every other auction, right? Because this is what happens. It's buy the rumor, sell the news. And right now, the, the rumor is, hey, we're go- they're going to be grading these things, and you're going to be able to get one that's a good grade. It's going to come back. Look, find a nice one. Find an 8, find an 8.5. It's going to come back, and it's going to be – you're going to have one of the rare PSA ones. I think when the news actually hits, what you're going to find out is that, if I'm being you know, as, as cynical and honest as I can, that a lot of the ones that are even slabbed are going to come back ungradable by PSA. I think a lot of the ones that were slabbed by BGS – think about it. Why was PSA not grading them? Because they couldn't tell which ones were authentic. You know, the story behind this is that allegedly – these were being printed again in the 90s. A whole other run of them, allegedly. And then PSA wasn't great in them because I believe the technology wasn't there to tell the difference. 
between the old part ones printed in 84 versus the ones in the 90s. Correct. I think it's important to remember Rare. We had Jim Raid on, and he wanted to create a universal pop report, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're there's I think there's three scarcity rarities. There's rare because there's like numbered, you know, out of 10, out yep. of five. Yep. There's rare because there's just not a lot of this card ever printed, even though it's not numbered. And then Correct. there's rare based on how many cards this company has graded. Right. That's I the artificial scarcity, right? Artificial, but it's it's very real to us. Yep. Manufactured yeah. scarcity, is that about right? Yeah, words have meaning. So, like, when you hear artificial, they're like, oh, but like, yeah, it's it, the company controls, not the manufacturer, but the grading company controls the scarcity. Mm-hmm. You have a clean slate with this star. This, the company that's just started grading them has incentives to keep the scarcity of that card low, right? Not to mention, if I'm holding it in a BGS slab, like my particular car that I sold, right? So, that was an 8.5 with nine centers. Which none of these cards have, right? And you guys could take a look. You look, look right in the uh, right in the. Or no, no, no. You th- these things came in bags. I mean, there are sheet. There are sheets of these that you, I guess you can cut it out of. But no, mine was a you know just a regular one. You name one of the nicer ones out there, um, and you can you can look. You know, I sold it through PWCC, um, it, you know, this year, and um, you know, with BP it was thirty six. Okay, with BP thirty six, and now you're looking at an eight, which I think has eight centering, yep. and with BP you're already sitting with a day left to bid. It's almost a twenty two, right? I mean, at thirty six hundred, and it's a twenty one six. So it's an interesting eight two, Kate, because it has seven five corners, eight centering, nine edges, eight point five surface. Yeah. Do without math what you want. It's like the beautiful mind I'm picturing, like all those. So where I was going with it is like if I own this eight here, I'd be very hesitant to put it into a PSA slab. And you would think the person who's buying this this week and probably paying a premium because this is the card in the news this week that everyone is showing. And in a month, no one will be talking about this again. They'll be talking about how PSA is or isn't grading as many of them, how difficult PSA is grading them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think the person who, is, who buys this I don't know if I would send that one to PSA with a seven five sub. I mean, this might be a PSA six and a half. Might right. be, you know, what I mean, like this is but, you know, if someone buys this thinking I'm going to get a PSA eight, I think they're going to be sorely mistaken on this one. But you know what I think they're really chasing, and it has like the trickle down effect, monkey see, monkey do. But what really their people are going to be going for is a PSA ten on this card. Because I don't think there is one. There, there, there's not. But let's if we, we fast forward 12, 24 months, I think really that's the big thing with this card. Because if there becomes, you know, if a PSA 10 does launch, you do see it, it does get graded, that the narrative that comes with that is gonna be incredible. That becomes a three, four, five hundred thousand dollar card based on more because it's, it's more. More. Oh, if there's a, if there's really a 10, it's a seven-figure card. We talked about this years ago, how the nine fives are ones that are worth mortgages. It's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. But here, here's the problem that I'd have with it. And, and I, I want to talk about the PWCC stuff. The problem I'd have with it is chances are someone doesn't have one of these raw sitting somewhere that's in pristine 10 condition. We all know what's been graded. This card is nearly 40 years old. We all know what's out there. Um, and we all know the three nine fives. I've seen the three nine fives. None of them are a 10. None of them are a PSA 10. So, so for a PSA 10 to come out, if I had AIH here, I'd be saying the words hanky-panky. If a 10 
materializes out of thin air, I would say there would be shenanigans there. But Gabe, yeah. the centering standards on PSA are much different than other companies. That's true. So, so there this is card, like, the corners on this card are usually the the biggest issue. Is it because it's very thin? It's centering corn. It's a thinner paper stock. It's this weird reddish, pinkish red kind of color that you're gonna get some kind of little bit of whitening on the. I mean, it's just take a look. Take a look. Procine did a very good job of this. It had the pictures of the three nine fives that were out there. I love when I, he blows them up jumbo side. That's how I know he's a boomer. Like my dad has that that same thing too. You know, when you text him. His font is like size 44 for everything. Yeah, you blow it up for your eyes. Yeah. But it's good, right? It's, it's good. good. It's really good. Anyways, it's it's on brand. I don't want to shit on it. I love both of these cards. Like I, I was I was the guy who was talking about the star card as the better card to the Fleer before we even had a show. I remember going and talking about Jordans with Chris Hoge. I say Hodge, but it's Chris Hoge. Um, and I think we did like a slab stocks thing and we talked about different Jordans and inserts and the whole nine yards and and I talked about that one. I own that card. I own that card before I owned the 86 Fleer. I, when I was looking to buy a Jordan, that was the one I wanted to buy. That said, things happen. Pendulums swing. And even the people who love the 86 Fleer will be honest and say that that card swung too far early last year. Right? It's not the rarest card in the world. There are 300 PSA 10s. It shouldn't have been $700,000. And there was only one. It was a weird kind of thing. It probably shouldn't have even been 500. He's probably doing well, though. He was, a, he was a crypto guy, right? So right. He, bought, Running, he bought the Jordan, and his Jordan's only down a third. His crypto would have been down to 10. Think about it. Think about that. I have a consulting meeting with him on how to trade uh, next week. So think guy. about it that way, right? Not everybody thinks about it that way. We always think about our losses, but think about it that way. If he would have kept it in Bitcoin, He'd be down 80% on his Jordan. He's only down 40, you know, but, but think about it, right? So, so that card has swung and it's now out of favor, right? You talk about me being contrarian all the time, right? Like my take is the better buy here is the Jordan Fleer 9 at a significant discount to this Jordan Star BGS 8, which is not rare. It's not going to be one of the top you know, condition ones out there if it's moved over to a PSA mid-grade slab. But you got a Jordan 9, you know, the 86 Fleer, which is, that card is iconic, right? It's a cooler pose, a cooler picture. This one here, this, this star one, while it is an earlier card of Michael Jordan, we've talked about this all the time. This is the industry trying to make fetch happen this week. And there are examples of this, by the way. If you scroll down in this auction on the power buyer side, or if you just type in Pele, one of the cooler cards in this auction is one that I've spoken about often. And I believe that it's a nice, you know, a nice correlation between this Jordan discussion. What's the real rookie? What's the one you want to have? There's a 1958 Tupanamba Pele card. All right. Now, this Tupanamba. was the card. Tupanamba, T-U-P-I-N-A-M-B-A. You can just put in 58 Pele. And this one, it's a two, but it is, it's an amazing IPO card. It has, I believe, a designation. I'm looking at the card right now. I think it's a 30%. I think it's PWCCA, the IPO. This card, right there to the right. There you go. This card is cool looking, right? Hmm. I would say you might think this is a cooler one than the Alifa Baloge, which is also 1958. When I started doing, this is a cool looking card, right? It's got great color. It's got it's like sealed a in a little dime baggy cage. 
Yeah, it's I mean, <laughs> it's a cool card. It's got a you know, it's a clear picture of his face. It's not as blurry. It doesn't look like a postage stamp like the Alifa Balogé, which I uh, by the way, when I bought a Pele rookie because I was buying Pele, this was the one to have. This Alifa Balogé, I couldn't afford this one. Uh, uh, this Tupanamba. I bought the other one. I bought the postage stamp one. It was cheaper. But then all of a sudden, we had kind of like a, eh, this one might not really be the rookie. And I think PSA started slabbing them. Instead of it saying 58, it was 58-59. I think Take a look at that slab again, if, if you have it still up in front of you. Even though it's listed as a 58, I'm pretty sure the PSA slabs say 58-59. And all of a sudden, the narrative kind of changed. And it was like, well, you want the Alifa Balogé one because that's a 58. This is, does it? 64. Yeah, it so it's got a oh, whole, 50, it's got like oh, 58, 59. See, it's got like a year range on it. And all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe this one came after the other one. And all of a sudden the pendulum swung towards that one. It's a weird kind of like thing that the hobby does where, where the narrative changes, the people who own the card talk a little more about these things. You know, the, that, that Jordan star. It's not it that is, weird actually. Now that I've been in it for a few years, it's not that weird. I thought it was weird at first because I couldn't figure it out. It's just people with big accounts who talk about it. Like this one was Ravel was posting about Pele's card, and he decided he had two million followers on Twitter, two million on on Instagram. And he was like, the, "The what was the first one you had? I can't pronounce any of these." The like, Alifa Balogé. There was like a Twitter argument about which was the true yeah. Pele. So narratives change. I, I've mentioned this a few times. It's. Our industry is so media driven because people don't know what to collect most of the time. We say collect what you love, but then someone tells you that that's not going to be worthwhile. And you're like, fuck, I'm collecting what I love. I'm going to be broke. So let me ask you a question. Is, are we, the consumers, the exit liquidity? Because by the time someone's talking about a card and we're now looking to buy it, is it too late? Are we now buying the cards that they're selling? So is buying a star now exit liquidity, but like you could also learn to be a step ahead. Like you not to be contrarian, but like you could, all right, everyone's going after the star. Let me go after the Fleer. Everyone's going after the followed by Lajay. Let me go after the <laughs> follow Chick-fil-A uh, after the Tupanamba, because it, this stuff just turns, they're just moving money from one thing to another. So inevitably in maybe one year, three years, six years, they're going to talk about, wait, no, 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 that postage stamp Pele? No way. It's this Tupanamba that's really sick. You're all growns up and you're all growns up and you're all growns up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you're right. It's just, it swings, guys. It just swings. You know, for the longest time, we only had the 86 Flair Jordan in every single auction. What do you think is going to happen at the end of this year? We're going to have some high-grade 84 stars come out. And you're not going to see the 86 Jordans anymore. And then next year, all of a sudden, the 86 Jordans going to come back. What, what happened last year? We had a ton of awesome LeBron cards. All of a sudden, LeBron's not the flavor of the week. But he will be again. So check out the 2012 Prism Silver LeBron in PSA 10. That card, do you remember what this card was selling for? you remember what this card was doing? Oh, I know people love 2012. I can't figure out why 2012 is as iconic as people say. But yeah, people love this card for a lot of reasons. I don't know. Was it fifty thousand? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. You know, it was. Yeah. You couldn't. PSA all centered their label. I'm I'm giving PSA a grade for their label. It's uh, <laughs> it's six. It's a six OC. Your your PSA has an OC designation on it. LeBron cards here 
I mean, if you if you are a BGS person, there's a BGS nine five refractor, you know the the rookie refractor, also at thirteen five. Look at this card. I mean, when <laughs> wasn't this card approaching or hitting six figures at one point last year? Mm-hmm. So it's now it's sitting at the price the base was. Well, yeah, the base, the base of this, exactly. I mean, it's funny when we talk about that pendulum swinging; it swings too far in both directions. Should that card have been six figures? Probably not. Should it be now beat down to the price that the base was at? Also, probably not. So that's kind of like you know, it's another way to operate here. Um, it's a liquid market cards, but it's not the most efficient market. It's not stocks where you're going to know that, you know, Apple sold for $95 and it sold for $94.99. There's going to be more. I mean, it's to me, this is a more of an arbitrage time. Like people are talking about taking the star, cracking it and sending it to PSA. Yep. Like that would be blasphemy, right? That's an expensive card. What if you damage that and crack? But we've been talking about in the down market, you can't make money on just buying and holding in the short term. So you'll have to flip. I would actually reverse it. I'm curious, you know, if you buy lower grade LeBron, uh, Jordan Fleers in a seven, eight, and nine, and you have the guts to crack a star, why not crack a PSA seven, eight, nine Fleer and send that to a BGS or an SGC? I'm curious the arbitrage there. I mean, good question. There was a BGS card that the audience loves when I go on mute. Because they know they're going to get some Andrewisms out of it. Okay. But me. this card is screaming what a five-minute talk from Andrew. Is, about, B, is Ben Simmons in this? No, oh. no, no. It's your guy. It's gold. And it's going to allow you to talk about the argument of coding versus no coding. So do me a favor and pull up the 1996 finest gold Kobe. And I'm going to go on mute and talk. One second. 1996. One second. One second. One second. Don't, I, I can't pull it up and start talking. 1996. So so we got a gold Kobe rookie with the peel-off sticker still on it. I'm, in BGS 8.5. 96 finest gold with coding. Kobe Bryant. BGS 8.5. It's the one that says airs where he's kind of like, you know, doing that reverse junk. But it looks like he's dunking into heaven, which is an interesting oh. card. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. I'll pull, I'll pull it up right now for people to see. Can I so tell I'm, you something? That I'll tell yeah. you the truth. I don't know. I don't understand the the errors. Like where um, – so Kobe has the finest, not this one, his other finest. Then he has mm-hmm. this this version of it, and then he has the chrome. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, he's got – so he's got chrome, definitely. He's got different versions of the finest. And as you've recently learned – this year of finest has gold, bronze, all those other ones. That d- the gold here is just a gold border card. It's not that doesn't mean numbered. It doesn't mean out of ten or That's out of fifty. The like on it. It's not a numbered gold, and we're so used to numbered gold. Correct. So does this kind of get the benefit of the fact that it's gold? That everybody chases gold now, even though it's not a gold numbered card. Does this get any kind of like you know bump for that? Yeah. Wow. Talk about it. Talk about the card. Talk about the coding versus non-coding and some of the stuff that you do on this. This card, by the way, was was flashed into the auction, so it might not have as many wow. of the eyeballs on it as uh, as people you know would normally see. And the subs for an eight five are really nice. It's got two eight fives, a nine, and a nine five sub. 
right? It means the corners are really nice on this one. Um, just one of those I'm, weird cards. No, I'm, I'm out studying it. Before I speak, you know, I want to – this has a, this has a lot going on. This has a lot going on. Well, first off, this isn't like the you're saying. Can you pull the peel off and get a ten surface? A nine surface with the finest is not a terrible surface grade. That surface when there's still a peel on, there's like dust sometimes gets under it. You know. Yep. Um, sometimes just the peel, like this, the adhesive kind of comes off, and there's like a bubble. So a nine surface with a peel is actually a very good grade. I would. That was um. That was in the thousands, in like the five to seven thousand dollar range, in in most grades for that card at peak Kobe. Again, his tops paper of that year was getting to ten thousand on a PSA ten, so everything's come down, or maybe seven thousand. Uh, that's an interesting buy cage. There's not a lot of these. I don't know how many, uh, but there's not a ton, and I, I love this version. It kind of looks like he's playing ball in heaven. Universal pop would be uh, would be pretty nice. But this is one. This is one I thought you would you would find interesting. I would appreciate. I would because can I take a step back real quick? Sure, sure. If you so Cage went into you know Fleer versus Star first uh, Pele's true rookie or whatever. I'm gonna go a different route. If you guys remember last week, there were about twelve thousand listings on PWCC. Now, if we go to this week for whatever reason, there's only eight thousand. Now that's a big difference, right? That's a that's a sizable difference. I think that's one. People are pulling cards out of their vault to get them shipped home, right? Mm-hmm. For national. Yep. Or they're deciding, hey, I don't want to sell into this market. It's very very low. So I think actually we're going to see a bump in prices after this week's weekly auction because people are still trying to buy mm-hmm. inventory for national, but there's less sellers. So I think I would be more of a sniper like you are with that flash than going and getting 49 cards like I was doing the last few weeks because things are so cheap. That's I think from a Mac. I think, you, I think you're 100% right. I do. And I think also what you're seeing, because I actually have cards supposed to be delivered today from my PWCC vault. <laughs> I think you're 100% right that things are thing, – people are maybe grabbing some stuff to take to the national with them. People are you know having some inventory to bring with them there. I think on the flip side – there's probably also some people who are selling some stuff um, for liquidity before the nationals that have some cash. Um, that's what I'd be looking for. I think you're right. Not just on the, not just on the, you know, the, the bargain. That Kobe's a perfect example, right? The, the the Jordan Fleer. If you're a Jordan collector, right? If you're a Jordan collector. This auction might be one where you pull some '90s inserts that people are listing that had they had in their vaults. That you just don't see too often, and I'll give you a couple of examples, right? Can you just type the word meltdown, one word meltdown, in? And this is a card. I, I wonder if you've ever seen it before because it has a pop in PSA ten of sixteen cards. It's the nineteen ninety five Skybox. We talked Premium. a little bit about inserts last week. I'm like, well, I said the cage. I said, why are some inserts like thousands and thousands of dollars, but other inserts, which are also low pop, equally incredible photography. Like pennies on the dollar. Like who decided this insert was a better insert than this insert? Remember we I mean, yeah, you're 100% right. And this one here, I don't know the answer other than that because of the foil, because of the card itself, it's very difficult to wow, find. Wow, this is a sick card. Isn't that a cool card? Have you ever really? seen this card? No. Ultra tough. Yeah. Jordan this issue card. in the PSA. Con- condition don't see foil. it. And you definitely don't see it in this higher grade. 
cool, real colorful rainbow back. The word meltdown, like you said, if you flip it over there, it's got some cool like mid nineties color to it. But this is just one of those black jersey. You don't see too many. I think Noisy Boys has a black jersey Jordan yep. also. Um, but you don't see too many, you know, his inserts with that this look. It's just a you know, one of those cool cards that you don't see too often. Another one in ninety nine yeah, look at that, black jersey. You got another I'm give this one. away of whatnot. At some point when I decide. But this is sick. What not giveaway, Jordan jersey. It's too big, man. 52. I'll wear it. Perfect. Perfect size. Um, 96 metal Jordan, if you wanted to put that one in. There's a netrageous die cut. You know, the top of it is kind of like a little cut, and the sides have like the little like wrinkles on it. Also, another one you just don't see in PSA 10. It's in an old slab. 96 metal Jordan PSA 10 netrageous. That's in this. Um, and even Sorry, if you go, take your time, take your time. Lynchpins is in this too. There's a Lynchpins 9.5. I was going to talk about that one. That's a gorgeous card. You know, you hold it up against the light and it, you know, the, the pins are die cut and it shine through and it's just not, not at a crazy price. Some of these Jordans really ran last year. One of my favorites, early number Jordan, the 98 hoops, bams, Jordan out of 250 numbered on the back. There's a BGS seven and a half sitting at 3,300. I mean, I saw BGS this, this 6. This one is incredibly difficult. There's always surface issues, right? Like print lines with this one? Which one? I can't see which one you're holding. The hoops, the hoops bam? Yeah, the hoops bam, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a foil card. It's like an early foil card. You have surface and you have the edges. The edges are, are usually problematic. You usually a lot of whiting on the edges. You know and what this, I like it? I said, if you look at like the prior sales, I, I personally may have sold the 6 for like three times what this one's at right now. Wow. And this Number. is a seven and a half. Yeah, numbered, early numbered Jordan. You know what I noticed? So, like, today we have NBA Hoops, right? It's a Panini brand. It's, like, the cheapest of the cheap, right? LaMelo. But NBA Hoops from the 90s, people really like it. I guess yeah. it's that nostalgic brand that still exists today, but it's super short print back then. Yeah. There's some really cool 90s inserts, uh, 90s cards that are NBA Hoops. Um, I want to get you talking about something. All right. I want to get you talking about something. Um, there's one more Jordan card I want to talk about, and then I want to get you talking about one one little thing. Flare Showcase Row Zero. Everybody loves this now. It's like shiny. It's cool stuff. There's a Jordan BGS nine numbered out of two fifty. It's only a twenty three hundred bucks. So just another little Jordan insert. But here's the one I want you to I want you to pull. Can out I talk about me. that real quick? Yeah. I've sure. been selling on whatnot. There is no better card that sells on whatnot than the Flare Showcases. It's a gorgeous card. It, it's shiny. It, uh, we use the word shiny a lot. It's aesthetically pleasing. Shiny is like prism, okay. But every year the prism's kind of been the same since it feels like 2018. True. Whereas the flare, yes, it's shiny, but it's like you have this aesthetically pleasing base card of legends. People love it. it it's um, it's one of those cards that I think has a huge collector base, not in the thousands of dollars where whales play, but in like the lower to middle tier where it's kind of affordable. Okay, so. Yes. I'll tell you what to look up, and when you pull it up, you're going to see them side to side. You'll probably pull them both up. But 1996 Skybox, Big Men Jordan. Big Men, two words. All right. A PSA 9 and a BGS 9.5 with a 10. Throw them up centering. there. Yeah, so that's what I want you to talk about. Right now, there's a PSA 9, which I'm... there's only eight nines and eight graded higher than that. It's at 1825. And there's a BGS 9.5 with nice subgrades, a 10 centering. And that one is at 1900 Basically the same price. 
Talk to me about that. Which one would if I you're want? a buyer of this card, which one do you buy and why? I buy the PSA, and I'll tell you why. I think 10 centering on cards that really don't have a border is sort of stupid. <laughs> okay. And I think edges grades on um, die cuts on die cuts is equally stupid because they always give it a good centering grade. I mean, die cuts are, it's not like they're going to print, you know, they're going to cut it out and be like a 6.5 centering. They're, they're going to do a good job on the, on this one. If it doesn't have a border and the edges are always shit on die cuts. They're, they're always nines, but I've seen terrible edges on die cuts get high grades too. It's uh, it's just a unique card. I would just want die cuts in a PSA slab. That's my opinion. I wouldn't overpay for a nine five. Die cuts are nothing. like what? What about the same price? Cage. How do you grade corners on a die cut? Where are even the corners? You can't, you can't, yeah, yeah, that's, corners and edges on a die cut. That is what, that's why I brought this up. It's fun to subgrades conversation, right? But the subgrades on this, it's not really. I mean, there are no corners. It's rounded. Subgrades so are good when you have an iconic like refractor base or numbered gold or whatever, and you know at a PSA you would get a nine because the centering's way off, but you know the rest of the card is perfect, so you sub at BGS and you get a nine point five with a nine centering. Th those are the ones where you, I would play that game. Like a, a good card that I remember is a 20, 2004 Topps Chrome LeBron. The centering on that one is just absurdly difficult. They're all off-center from that year for whatever reason. But a 9.5 was outselling a 9 by a lot. So it would be way – you know you're not getting a 10 with the centering you have. You're going BGS on that one. That's where I kind of – I'm more interested in it. All right. Is there anything in here you see that you wanted to talk about? Because I have 50 cards, but I don't want to blow up any of the cards that you, you know, you're trying to target I'll, for yourself. Well, I'm kind of a whale in this game, so I was going to sit, sit this week out and not gobble All right. under $50 ones. So here's one of the things I'm looking at, guys, and I have an example of it. I'm them. still going to snipe like, it, like a – Yeah, so this is a, this is like what I consider a snipey kind of thing, right? So so And I could be wrong, but let's, let's play on the contrarian that you call me, which you're right to call me. We've talked about how National Treasures autos have become like the go-to for people, right? That that RPA out of 99 rookie patch auto is the chase card, right? But that there are also other cards in that National Treasure set that are rookie patch autos, right? They are a rookie. They are a patch. They are an auto. So like a Dennis remember, Smith Jr. Well, um, so, so go with me. The player doesn't matter so much, but I'll give you one here that's an example of this. And it's, it's one that I'm looking at myself and you guys listening and watching can now look at as well and determine whether or not the premium being paid for those, you know, classic RPA out of 99 is worth what it's worth. And if it is, are some of those other cards from the set that are similar now becoming bargains? So I'll give you an example. Okay, Jordan Poole just had a nice playoff run, young player with a championship now and a hell of a future in front of him. So much so that, you know, when when the talk of Kevin Durant to the Warriors was there, almost universally, people were like, they better not trade Jordan Poole. So basically what people are saying is Jordan Poole's better than Kevin Durant. So think about that. For, I'm just kidding. Transitive property on him. Pull, pull, hey, pull up the 2019 National Treasures Jordan Poole rookie patch auto. You can just write 2019 National Treasures pool. It'll probably come up. That's a sick card. All right? It's a sick card. I, I'm distracted. There's cards flashing in front of me. <laughs> 2019 Jordan pool with an E at the end. Yep. 
National Treasures. We're going to start calling him Poulet from now on. Jordan Poulet. Poulet. He's French. French star. So did you find it? Yes, Jordan Poulet is right here. Oh, this green one. That's sick. (laughs) That's 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 a a really nice patch. So a cool patch that's obviously the word state in Golden State, right? It's the end of the word Mm -hmm. state. It is a National Treasures rookie patch auto out of 75. So rare, scarce, 10 auto. It's a BGS 8. There are seven higher than this graded in BGS. But I don't know how much his RPA at a 99, the true vertical, you know, RPA is, but I guarantee it's thousands of dollars. And this one here is out of 75. Yes, it's horizontal, but his picture is vertical. It's horizontal. But it's the same set. It's a rookie patch auto numbered out of 75 from National Treasures, a product that is unapproachable, really, right? Like, if you were buying a, a, a box of National Treasures 2019 basketball, what's it going to run you? Five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 for a box? I, I don't even know what it's at, but it's definitely a lot because you got Zion, you got Jai, you got all these guys. Mm-hmm. And if you knew ahead of time you were going to be getting a Jordan Poole RPA out of the box, you're probably happy, right? And I this card... Reason, yeah. This card is $360 right now. $360 for Jordan Poole National Treasure RPA. So I'm looking at stuff like this because this is not the one that everyone wants. And we kind of started this episode talking about what people want kind of changes from time to time. And the one that people want, I think, you know, you and I have talked about this, the Jeremy Padauer rubber band effect, right? Well, if Poole continues to play the way people think he's going to play, especially the ones that are paying 10, 15, 20, whatever thousand dollars for his, you know, RPA out of 99, even if it's $5,000, whatever it is, right? If, if that card becomes the one that everyone wants, there's only 99 of those, the price goes up on that, right? The supply is not enough for, for the demand. Doesn't this one get pulled up also? Shouldn't this one be more than $360 for an RPA national treasures of Jordan Poole? Anyway, it's just... I go a different route. I go a different shoot. route. We would say buy what you love. This is an opportunity to not get caught up in horizontal versus vertical. If you're a hotshot who loves uh, the Bay Area teams, for example, uh, or someone who loves Jordan Poole, this is an affordable. This might end under a thousand bucks. I don't. It's three sixty now. Yeah. Uh, you get it out of that clunky, ugly BGS white label slab. You get it in a PSA or SGC, which you love, and now you have your you're one of your favorite young prospects that you get to enjoy for a long time on your favorite team. And, yeah. So the thing I is not the pool. Best, I think you get the best patch. Okay, none of the patches are game worn. So you already know that. You're not overpaying for it. Well, you're not well, dude, when you're paying a hundred thousand bucks, you want a really nice vertical RPA and a high grade with a game yep. use patch. Gotcha. But when you're paying under that thousand bucks, you're bargain shopping. Now you you hit you check all the boxes, but you're not breaking breaking the bank. So, so I, I, I like this one for pool. I'm not a huge pool guy, but you're right. if if you know there are other ones. This is if you're a pool fan. I hope I'm not blowing up. One, you said you're not bargain shopping. You're whale shopping here. So one of the cards I want you to talk about is um, this uh, one of the most well-known quitters in the sport. There's the a 2003 shot? Net Pro Rafael Nadal Pereira. I think that's his full name. I'm just kidding, but I'm just trying to get you going. There's I, a PS. There's a PSA 10 Net Pro Nadal. The so cool bro, you guys the early this year, early, 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 way before his record prices and all that stuff. But here's where I come back. 
who is collecting tennis at the end of the day? What's there's like 46 people, a collector base of tennis cards? <laughs> uh, when you buy a card that's already run up of someone who's done just amazing things, you're buying at the top or right near the top. And how big is a collector base in tennis? Like the, uh, that's my question. It's not that I don't love Nadal. I, I love Nadal. I like how he plays. I like gritty athletes. Uh, I like guys that overcome adversity. Uh, you know, it's, they say it's harder to stay at the top than be at the top. So he's done that a few times. So it's not anything against Nadal. But I'm curious when you have F1 and you have the World Cup coming up, it's the trimming of the fat. You know, if you're holding tennis cards and the World's coming up, uh, the World Cup's coming up, you start kind of selling those so that you can maybe get a Messi card, you know? So that's what I'm, I'm more worried about is are you buying in at the top? Maybe you get a good deal because Nadal just got injured and you're able to, you know, get a card that was 20000 for fourteen. So okay. this particular card that I'm talking about, the 2003 Net Pro in PSA 10, do you want to take a guess what the bid is? It's probably 300 bucks. $47. No. Yeah. That's not going to end like that. I'm just pointing out a card. Net Pro Nadal PSA 10? Yes, sir. Wow. $47. So I was trying to catch you, like buying at the top. If $47 is the top. <laughs> so guys, this is this is this is why PWCC I think is awesome. So let me show you. I just searched 2003 Nadal or 2003 Net Pro, and look what comes up. Serena, wow, Serena Williams, Serena, Serena. So when you see what's this? Fifteen of this 2003 Serena Net Pro. Just know that there's a lot of pop out there. That's, That's not a rare. It's not rare. Nadal Pereira. This is interesting, man. Oh, this is oh, this isn't the glossy. I don't know, man. I'll, I'll tell you these. All of these um, tennis cards feel undervalued, but then there's so many of them, and there's not a huge collector base. That's but there's one Nadal just sitting there. One. The, there it is. It rem- this, How mad are you right now that I that I drew attention to that card? No, it's okay. It's okay. I, I want. I, I'm the guy. <laughs> I should probably be more selfish. I like when our audience wins. Um, uh, I don't think I need to be the only one eating, and I'm not eating that much these days anyway. So uh, I I think it's a great, great move. I would favor all of these and be more of a sniper. It reminds me of the comment or the advice I got, which was you make money on the entry. Watch all of them and maybe even have like a notepad saying like this is my – this is the price. This I'm not going to go above it. I think inevitably these will all end at different prices. But if you're able to snipe one or two at 60%, 70% based on where real comps are for it, uh, and you're already in a good. So I would be a, more of a sniper. I think the Nadal one's probably the best. I think the Fed out of 2000 is an interesting look, too. Fed you might clicked have one on, more run in him. Fed might have one I, more run. You clicked on um, the Hank Aaron. There's a lot of great eye appeal vintage in this auction. That Hank Aaron, I owns an eight. This is a six five that I think gives my eight that I owned a run for its money. If you're looking for a Hank Aaron that has eye appeal, the Aaron fifty four tops rookie. Um, if you're looking for one that has the eye appeal, um, you know that everybody's looking for in vintage and not just oh I want to buy the grade. That's I'm a really nice copy. card. I mean, Cage centering. I'll pull it up for you guys. I, this was one of the first cards I pulled up. I didn't understand how it could have got a six five. I mean, obviously, you can't tell surface that well, right? There could be, but 
beautiful color, almost perfect centering. Yep. And, I mean, this is a gorgeous copy. I see, oh, I see it along the edges here. Yeah, a little edge on the back. So the eye appeal doesn't take the back into account as much. That's where, that's where, so this is a perfect example of a card that was technically graded down by PSA. And, it, and I think the grade is probably right. But when you look at this card from the front, it has the eye appeal of a significantly better card. Same with the, the, the Pele that we mentioned. Um, there's a really nice uh, 54 tops Jackie Robinson with the yellow background. That's a really that nice one. Jackie with, Robinson uh, cards worry me a little bit because of how much they've run. The, the main ones, sure. But like these, the, you know, like um, the 54 tops, which is, you know, a PSA 8 is only sitting at 7,200. Like that card is really nice looking um, with, the, with, you know, with, with that, that pretty nice uh, eye appeal. There's a seven of your boy Johnny Unitas with an eye appeal designation, which is a really nice looking card. Also ending tomorrow. Um, just there's some there's some real nice. Check out the eye appeal ones. Um, if you're a hockey fan, there you go. There's Unitas right there. I mean, just a gorgeous seven. Nineteen fifty-seven, man. I, I, this is a really nice one. Really nicely centered. Yeah. That's a tough seven, man. That's a so, really nice seven. Thirty-one hundred bucks. Wow. I mean, this is this is the IPO conversation. There's a if you're a hockey fan, there's an eighty-five OPG Mario Lemieux rookie um, in PSA nine. That's nicer than almost every ten that I've seen. And you know, if you're if you're one of these folks that is buying, you know, buying the buying the card, not the holder. You know, that's one to definitely take a look at. The eighty-five. Look at look at look at how nice. Not that one. Not this one? No, I think that's an 8. We're looking at the 9. But the 8 had a superior rating. The 8's nice, too. But this one, I think, is top 15% yep. for the 9. I mean, this is just a gorgeous card. Is this his rookie year? Yeah, that's it. That That is the card for him. I got to tell you, man. I think hockey has more of an opportunity than they realize to... to uh, it, it's Universally, people think it's one of the most interesting sports to watch in the postseason. And there's nonstop action, you know, nonstop yep. action. Um, I think Can hockey I has an opportunity. I think hockey I think all, I think so as well. They're they're I have a diehard fan base. That's that's where I'll go with it. Can I give one card that I think is is just a really cool one, like you know, an example of, you know, of where I appeal is going now. Where you might like like a corner ding that doesn't stand out. Can you pull up 1953 tops Mickey Mantle? Now, you know what this card is. Obviously, it's not the rookie. It's the, the drawing one where it's kinda, he's kind of like looking over his shoulder, kind of, you know. Um, there's a 53 tops, PSA 1. But the eye appeal on this card, even though they only gave it a 30%, it's weird to get eye appeal on a 1. Um, take a look at the cards, right? So you can see the comparison. There's an eye appeal one, the one that's a 1725 right now. This is Even funny, though, guys. Look, this is look at them side by side too, right? You have yep. the one point five right here, and then you have the one right next to it. Correct, and the one is is selling for more. This is a perfect example of what IAPL does. Two X. Pull, pull up what the pull up the one five and take a look at it, and then pull up the one and take a look at it, and and then if you cover the top, and say which one of these would you rather have, you clearly would rather have the one. Look, this has like stains on it. This doesn't even make sense. Now pull up the one 
it's like perfectly centered card. I mean, this card looks like, you know, at first glance, looks like it could be a, you know, a four, a five, but you can see it's got a bad soft left bottom corner with the red. This card is perfectly centered. It's I'm just, cracking it's, the it's, tab and sending this to BGS for the subgrades. <laughs> well, BGS won't uh, be beating. But, but, I mean, this is one of those things. It's a phenomenon that's going on this year. Now people are paying more attention to their vintage cards and what the, the look of them is. And this is – I, I, I saw this just exactly the same way you did. And you look at it and you say, there is a one and a one and a half. The one and a half is half the price of the one. This is why IPO matters on vintage cards. Yeah. And there's a lot. Take a look. There's a lot of this in this particular auction. A lot of, you know, the IPL stuff. You and know what I'm thinking? Shoot, man. I think we need to realize as a hobby that we are actually much more intelligent and smarter than we than some of the people talk about us in that sense. Like people are not dumb. People are not dumb. That that shows me that the market understands. And what's cool about it is the hobby learns from this, right? So the PWCC designation, you know, they're able to put that on this card. And the owner of this card is likely going to get more for this card because now it's easily searchable. You can you can just pull up PWCC. That's how I found it. On the sort function, there's an eye appeal. It's S-A-E. You can click them all. I click them all. And you can just search the ones that have eye appeal. That's how I found this particular card. That PWCC eye appeal, which, you know, they do that evaluation on every card in their vault. Now gets this particular user more value for their card. But let's swing it in a different way. The data is getting better too. The card letter guys are now identifying I appeal designations in their sales figures. Because if they didn't do something like that, when this sale ends, the one five is going to sell for less than the one. And the data is going to be weird. You'll look at what a one five is worth as opposed to what a one is worth, and the numbers are kind of going to be like this. And they're now taking that into account. It's just it's interesting stuff, you know how the the hobby kind of you know kind of learns as it goes. So, I love it. That's yeah. another episode. Well, I'm sure you got more cards, but we'll leave it up to these guys. Uh, I can talk we'll, about there's so we'll, many cards. <laughs> yeah, there really are. So maybe you know we'll get this up a little bit earlier for you guys give you guys a little time to uh, shop around, but I, I think we've already kind of beat this is what is it? Be, beat the, don't beat a dead horse. Like there's so much you could do. There's so much you could do from whether you're buying and you find deals or just getting a pulse on the market. Use the search function. Like Cage said, you could filter on power by, you could filter on PWCC, A, E, S. You could do so many things to kind of figure out and get a pulse of what's even going to be in, in demand and national, right? Yep. So, that's another episode. We love you, Luca Nation. We'll be back tomorrow. Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.